1: the Dear Hank and John. I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, why was 2019 so afraid of 2020? Why? Because they had a fight in 2021. (laughs) that's <laughs> it's not a good joke it's, it's in not, the category of like good. why
0: was six afraid of yeah. seven because seven eight nine it's worse
1: than that because it's like it makes even less sense be, well because at the end you're like okay but like how does that what does it have to do with 2021 and yes 2020 won the fight with all of us right we all lost did. the fight with 2020
0: and this is our last podcast episode of 2020 and then we're taking a I week think it's off the
1: first episode of 2021
0: no it's coming out uh a okay. week from today which is still 2020 okay but I- then we're taking a, a week mistake. off and we're gonna launch with just spectacular flair in 2021. You've never oh yeah heard a podcast. We're gonna have new
1: segments. We're gonna have we're gonna have a belt buckle review section of the podcast oh, where we're gonna describe I, belt buckles to you.
0: It's not just that. We are reinventing Dear Hank and oh, John yeah. from, from the, the ground, ground up. up. No more questions uh-uh. from our listeners. Mm-mm.
1: Now, no, it, we're only taking quest- questions from people who don't listen.
0: Yes. We're taking every tweet by a living former U.S. president that's posed in the form of a question that's that it. includes a question mark. Mm-hmm. And we're devoting one episode to each of those tweet questions.
1: Yeah, for some of it. We're also going to have a section on numismatics. Sure. So it's going to be a numism, um, numismatology podcast as well.
0: And that, of course, is the study of st- Stamps.
1: The collection of things, of of currency, uh paper tokens. I think it's I think it has to do with money. Uh which stamps are have been and can be well, not legally, but can be treated as money sometimes. Sure. So yes, yeah, it's going to be a coin collection podcast. We're going to talk about really cool p- coins, too. Can I, can I just give
0: people a, a thrilling example uh-huh. of the kind of things that they can look forward to when we only answer questions asked by former living U.S. presidents on Twitter?
1: Yeah. Hit me. What are these rhinos hiding? And that is a great question, John. <laughs> they have so many folds in their skin. You can fit lots of stuff in there, maybe rare coins. I mean, they're hi- right. we know what some of the things they're hiding. Bones. <laughs> right? Those are all in there. Muscles. Yeah. All the organs.
0: Subcutaneous fat. Uh-huh. We know that there's a lot that they're hiding. What we don't know is what else they might be hiding. Yeah. Those That's right. skin folds could be full of coins. Rare coins. They they could have some of those upside down airplane <laughs> stamps inside their skin folds. And we won't we would, know. We would never know. Until we dive deep on the question, what are these rhinos hiding? And, what are these rhinos hiding? Spoiler alert. <laughs> (laughs) One of the things that we're going to discover is that we don't know for sure what these rhinos are hiding, but we know they're hiding something.
1: (laughs) God, I love this new podcast, John. It's going to be so much fun.
0: And of course, we're going to end every podcast uh, with one of those like semi-rhetorical Questions where we use the word "they," right? But we don't like define exactly who "they" is in the situation, right? You'll, yeah, you get it.
1: You know who "they"
0: is. You know. You know. You know you, who know. you know. Yeah. We don't. We may not know for sure who they are, but we know that they are. <laughs> hiding something.
1: I'm sure that everybody's really enthusiastic to hear about our coins and politics podcast.
0: (laughs) It's not a politics podcast. We only answer the questions that have been posed by former presidents on Twitter. Okay. This is a great idea. It's easy. I'm starting a new podcast. I don't even need you. (laughs) I don't need you for this idea.
1: Oh man, well then I'm just gonna do, do all numismatics all on my own then. You don't need What I'm it. excited
0: about with your rare coins podcast, Hank, is the fact that you don't own or know anything about rare coins. <laughs>
1: Don't I don't I own some I own some spe- spectacularly common coins. Yeah, it's going to be all about the the most common coins right. and what's special about them. Because why we got to always focus on yes. certain coins at the expense of others. And also,
0: twenty twenty one is all about people who don't have expertise making statements as if they do. It's one of the major themes of 2020, but it's going to be the major theme of 2021. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have strong opinions about who should get the vaccine first because I am a public health expert now (laughs) because I have a microphone (laughs)
1: and I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Oh, God. Can I... I'm going to introduce a new segment right now. Great. It's called Soul I Want to Get. Okay. And in Soul I Want to Get, we search Twitter Mm -hmm. for the phrase soul I want to get in quotation marks. Okay. And that provides you with people who are writing new words- to the following line, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away.
0: Oh, like I want to get lost in your something else.
1: Yes. And so for, okay, for give example, me an example, this one is from someone named Cy who says, grill me the cheese, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in those pizza rolls and drift away. <laughs> See? That's very good. I knew good. it. I knew it. That's very good, actually. <laughs> I knew the moment I thought of it. <laughs>
0: That's, That's would be significantly <laughs> better than um, answering... Presidential tweets (laughs) posed as rhetorical (laughs) questions.
1: Oh, God. Lord almighty. Uh, Twitter is a place.
0: Yes, it is a place. All right, let's answer some questions from our listeners, which is actually what we're going to do in 2021 on this podcast. First question comes from Oliver, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I have a philosophical question. So the myth of Medusa is that she's so uh, hideous that you'll turn to stone just by looking at her. But hideousness is a matter of opinion, right? So if you didn't think that she was hideous, would you still turn to stone, Mm. Oliver, sixth grade?
1: This is a great question. What if I'm just into that?
0: Right, what if you like like snake hairs? Yeah, I mean- Peoples.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, this is a thing. Yeah. Different boats float in different waters, metaphorically, of course. In actuality, all boats float on all waters. If they float on one, they tend to float on others. Oliver,
0: first off, I love that you're asking the big, important, difficult questions already in your young life. Mm-hmm. It means very good things for your future. Yep. I always understood that people turned to stone when they saw Medusa out of
1: fright. Well, I thought it was just magic. Like, it wasn't anything in particular to do with uh, Medusa's hair or face. It was just like, it. it my, my, I got magic eyes that turn you to stone. But I could be wrong. I don't pay a lot of attention. I always felt like all
0: these snakes are about to bite me. Ah! And then I'm I'm so scared that I that I turn to still like I have the fight or flight <laughs> reflex and I'll tell you from experience when I have the fight or flight reflex it's called the fight or flight or freeze reflex for an action because I freeze.
1: Right. So Odysseus is fighting Medusa in the mirror of his shield, right? Yep. Have you ever been in a situation where you have to where everything's reversed and you have to, like, do anything at all. Oh, it's
0: impossible. It's so
1: hard! I w- Did he practice? I know. He must have practiced.
0: I can't even shave, let alone <laughs> eliminate Medusas.
1: <laughs> so he's in the, and he's, like, walking backwards. It's just, you just, like, stay very still, and he just sort of, like, walks and, like... That's how I imagine it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a difficult enough time telling my right from my left in the best of circumstances. (laughs) When you reverse everything
1: so that when my hand moves left, it moves to the right in the mirror. There's Mm. no
0: way. I can't cut, no
1: way I can cut my hair, no way I can fight a Medusa. I've just realized something. I can do nothing in a mirror except back my car up. I can back my car up in the mirror. And so they should change the story. So Odysseus just backs his truck up right on a Medusa.
0: I I like that version of the story better. I'm not sure that every detail of it was available to the ancient Greek storytellers, but... He definitely
1: had a dope rig.
0: I will say, also, when you look in... And maybe the mirrors these days are just of higher quality than Odysseus's mirror shield. Mm -hmm. shield, But, like, when you look into a mirror, I I never feel like, oh, thank goodness I'm not seeing the proper (laughs) image.
1: (laughs) This is why I think it's magic.
0: Yeah, it's just magic, but your question is a good one, Oliver, and we need to think more about the ways that we construct beauty, and thank you for helping us do that.
1: Yes. Okay, John, uh, here's another question. It comes from Betsy, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I've been baking a lot of Christmas cookies lately. This sounds lovely. It's the best thing to do this time of year is make cookies, and the recipe keeps reminding me that I must use a liquid measuring cup for liquid and dry measuring cup for dry, and generally, I used to just use the dry measuring cups for everything. Why? Why must I use different cups? Are they actually different in any way? Liquid ingredients and dry ingredients, Betsy. Boy, John, do you know what the difference between these two things are?
0: I have no idea. I use them, I have to say, interchangeably.
1: Yeah. So, but they are, you do know that they they are different things. So you have like the cup measure, which has all the ingredients on mm-hmm. it and you fill it up with what with with liquid right. or with solid. Right. And then you have the like scoopy bits that are like exactly the size. Yep. The scoops. Right. Yeah. So it turns out that people get all up in the business because- the idea of the liquid is that you don't want to, you don't want something you have to fill all the way up because you'll spill it, mm-hmm. and so it has like a it has levels. And the idea of the scoops is so that you can level it off by pushing the stuff off the top. So it's extremely exact. This is the problem I have with it. There is nothing when you are measuring with cups that is exact. There's no two, there's no fifth cup. There's no eighth cup. That like you only have, like the the gradients are not intended to be exact. The the measurements are deeply, like, the number of significant figures is very low. And so, like, if I can't have a two-fifths of a cup in my recipe at all, the difference between a third and a fourth just isn't that big of a deal. So, if you want to be a stickler about this, get a scale. Otherwise, get off my business and let me make my cookies.
0: Okay, because you feel so strongly about this, I'm nervous about offering a different opinion. <laughs> but my experience has been... And this is just my personal experience. Uh-huh. This isn't science. Uh-huh. My experience has been that baking requires more exact measurements than say making chili.
1: I agree. Absolutely. Which is why, if you want to be serious about baking, get a scale. But if you just want to you make to get Christmas a scale. cookies, it's fine to use different cups.
0: Okay. Well, this makes me feel better about my current strategy, which is to use whatever happens to be available I will say that the chances that we're going to not receive correction (laughs) emails about what you just said are nil.
1: No. I can't wait. All of the people who are pedants about baking will agree with me that a scale is the way to go.
0: Okay. Thank God. Uh, I'm still nervous because I'm the one who has to deal with the correction emails.
1: A lot of times you
0: don't even see some of the horrible things that people will say about your mistakes. No one says anything
1: horrible. No, they're very nice. We got... Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta be hot about something, John. That's true. And I appreciate you hearing my heat and saying, "Okay, this is fine." I don't. I will. I will rescind from from having an opinion on this. This next question comes from
0: Yanling, who asks, "Dear John and Hank, have you ever started a blog before?" <laughs> this
1: I have a definite answer to.
0: Right? Well, I can only answer questions about my personal experience in the, this beautiful broken world, and the answer is yes. Hank and I have both had blogs. We have both had blogs. Hank was like a professional blogger.
1: I was. This question does feel like it came from the past. I know. I. I well, I was just thinking, when was
0: the last time I posted to my blog? And then I checked and it, it has been a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's your blog?
0: If you go to johngreenbooks.com, my big hit website. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I don't know if you know about it, Hank. I don't know if you've been to John. Well, Green I did Books. go to com. I did go
1: to johngreen.com first and uh and now I'm looking mm. at maybe some property. I'm maybe maybe looking at getting some property. I,
0: I know. I don't have johngreen.com and you do have hankgreen.com and etc cetera, etc,
1: cetera, but I There's a section of johngreen.com that's called My John Green.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: And I can sign up at my John Green. Oh so, you know Well, I wish him all the best at selling
0: all of the real estate in southwestern Tennessee, but
1: and northern Mississippi as well. He's expanding. And
0: northern Mississippi. But my website is different. It's johngreenbooks.com. And there you will find that I have a blog.
1: How do I find it?
0: You go to johngreenbooks.com and then you go to the little oh, area yeah, at blog. the top right there where you is. find more things and then it says blog. And I I myself am shocked to learn <laughs> that my most recent blog post <laughs> was on August 27th. Yeah, I am also surprised to see this. Specifically because I did I did not write this blog post. It is a blog post acknowledging that I have written a book called The Anthropocene Reviewed that comes out in May. And it has a comment. Wait, has it has four, several comments. Four comments. Why are these people commenting? Barbara says... Sad to see your podcast end, but thanks yeah. for sharing yourself with us. Well, Barbara, you still have an opportunity to buy the book. I, am I'm, I'm excited. Well, okay. So is that my only blog post ever? That's my only, <laughs> only blog That's my that only I blog can post. See. <laughs> Yeah. I have written one blog post at johngreenbooks.com and full disclosure, I did, I did not write full it. Full disclosure, it is a press release. <laughs> yeah. It's a great press release. I'll say, I know who wrote it and they're wonderful, but yeah, I, it, it wasn't me. I do have a quote in it that I wrote.
1: Uh-huh. What was that? Can I read it as, but, as
0: you? Sure. Please. Yeah. Do okay. my, do my accent.
1: Before I was a novelist. Oh, God. Before I was no. a YouTuber. No. I was a book reviewer. No. <laughs> was, that, was that good, John Green? I, I only so, have one accent. <laughs> God.
0: It, not only was that bad, it reminded me that in a time when so many people are doing so much damage to the national reputation of the United Kingdom, nobody, nobody is harming that country more than you with your <laughs> accent. This is such a difficult time Uh, for (laughs) our beloved British listeners they are dealing with so much uncertainty and then you have to pile it on by making them think that that's how they sound. One
1: day everybody's going to find out that I have a really great British accent I just never use it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I bet. Before I was a novelist, before I was a YouTuber, I was a book reviewer and the format still fascinates me. As I've been revising and expanding the essays for the Anthropocene Reviewed, I've begun to understand these reviews as an attempt to chart the contradictions of human life as I experience it. How we can be so compassionate and so cruel, so persistent and so quick to despair and how consciousness is at once depraved in its meaninglessness and profoundly sacred in its meaning.
0: That's a little much.
1: It, it, I, it makes me feel a li- like a little like you wrote that for the aliens to hear. Like, the, <laughs> so, like it's inscribed on a golden record that we've sent out into space. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to get, I'm trying to really get those alien book sales. By the way, every copy of the first edition of the Anthropocene Reviewed book will be signed by me and you can get them wherever books are sold. Right. And- Human consciousness is both depraved in its meaninglessness and sacred in its meaning. Hank, do you still have a blog? Uh,
1: I mean, I, I, I guess uh, Eco Geek is still up.
0: Oh, but you haven't po- you haven't posted to your blog in a it's while.
1: It's not still up. It is currently not up.
0: Wow. Uh Oh, OK. It's a nice reminder that uh, in the fullness of time, all things will pass, oh boy. including websites.
1: Yeah. Uh, my blog is down, John. So who knows? There was I there's a lot of posts there, but hey, I think that that to some extent nothing lasts.
0: I, I need to ask this question from Elise. Dear John and Hank, but mostly Hank. I'm a teen and therefore I have been following Hank's TikTok quite closely as of late. <laughs> Elise, I am also on TikTok, and I am <laughs> a solid platinum TikToker, Elise. I make yeah, hit just hits TikToks. Just hits. I don't make flops. I'm like, who's only made four albums and they were all great? Taylor Swift. She's made nine albums. But they were all hits. On the Taylor Swift of TikToks, at least, I've never missed. Okay? It's true. You look at Hank's TikTok, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. He's he's brilliant, but he's got some some duds. Okay? <laughs> he's made 5,000 TikToks. They can't all be amazing. I've made a lot of TikToks. When I make a TikTok, it's like when you're waiting for a new Thomas Pynchon novel or something, like the world stops.
1: It's pronounced Pinchot. <laughs> I mean, for, we, both, we both mispronounced it. It was, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God.
1: Oh, super dumb.
0: Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, first off, Thomas Pinchon... <laughs> Does not get to have an opinion. You can't be both famously reclusive and have a strong opinion on how your name is pronounced. You don't get to you don't get to be both. You have to choose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to not care. All right.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's such a it's such a niche joke. Most people don't even know. Like, anyway, there's this writer and. I said his name wrong the way that like everybody says it wrong. Yeah. And then Hank corrected me incorrectly. And it's very fu- It's very funny to me. Okay. <laughs> but this wasn't a question. But this wasn't a question about my hit TikTok <laughs> and my attempts. Like I'm I'm working so much harder to get people to follow me on TikTok where I don't make content than I am to get people to buy my new book. But anyway, Elise, your question. There are so many things that look so tasty, but you keep telling us not to eat. I want to know the opposite, because if you don't follow Hank's TikTok, he's like got this whole thing where he's like, don't eat grass, don't eat other things that you shouldn't eat. You know, <laughs> that's like part of this. Thing. Don't yeah. eat, don't eat paste. Just trying to help Gen Z survive to adulthood. What are some things that seem wrong, but we actually can eat hungry Elise?
1: Yeah. So like a big one is lettuce. I don't know if you've ever seen lettuce, but it's like it's like you take a big bunch of leaves. And then you just crunch right into them. And they're really delicious, like full of crunch and water. And I love it. You wouldn't think that it's edible,
0: but it is. That's true. That's true of lettuce. No,
1: also Pop-Tarts, another one um, where you're like, that doesn't look like food. It looks like cardboard with holes in it. And then you have it and you're like, that tastes okay, I guess. There's Play-Doh. That that is always a surprise to that me but you can eat play yeah that's pretty wild yeah I mean it's it seems like it seems kind of foodish to me mm, I mean yeah I guess I don't i I, I don't look at plato and think
0: like oh I should eat that but you can mm-hmm. I mean don't eat a ton of it but you can eat you can eat a little bit here and there <laughs> if it's fresh you know just out of the just out of the box I always have a little bite
1: I love the idea of surprisingly edible and
0: that's a great brand yeah I would buy. Anything in the surprisingly edible brand, especially like, you know, that whole genre of TikToks where it's like, which one of these forks is actually a cake <laughs> yeah. and which one's a fork? Yeah, <laughs> like I want to I want to I want to eat more highly processed foods that are made to look like non-edible consumer products. Like
1: <laughs> I want to <laughs> go buy a watch yeah. for breakfast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a Pop-Tart, you know, like uh, it's it's true. Like you look at a Pop-Tart, you don't in- immediately think like that looks like food. You immediately mm. think like, oh, that looks like like I don't know, like a like an advanced Post-it note or something. I would love a food brand that just sells me highly processed like cliff bar style things but in the shape of yeah. non-edible uh experiences like books like if i could eat if if i could eat a sweet cliff bar of a book i would love that i think that'd be fine that's a g- Hank I think that's <laughs> your next big idea. We've we've stumbled across Hank's next million dollar idea.
1: So there's there are some things that you can eat but and people do eat, that seems very weird. There's certain bird's nests that are made by bird spit that people eat and yep. bird's nest soup. Yeah. Uh, you can eat chalk it is an okay thing to eat. It's completely non-toxic. Really? Don't eat like a ton of it. Well, I mean, that goes for anything. Don't eat a ton of anything. <laughs> um, yeah, you can, you can chop on some chalk. In fact, I think sometimes they actually want to get car- calcium carbonate into people. They usually don't make them chew on a stick of chalk to get it. Mm. And clay also is a thing that's like that, where clay is sometimes used as as a a thing to help you feel better. Bismuth is the active ingredient in Pepto-Bismol, one of the active ingredients. And bismuth is the um, least radioactive substance. We used to think that it was the last, uh, the heaviest element that wasn't radioactive, but it turns out it is just very slightly radioactive. It has a half-life that is longer than the life of the universe. So... Boom! Take that.
0: That's kind of beautiful, actually.
1: So far, not like the the ultimate lifetime of the universe, but so far. Well, well, we don't. Do we know? <laughs> we know how long the we do weirdly enough know how old the universe is, which seems very wrong. I to
0: know me. we know how old the universe is. I'm saying you you, you said with great certainty uh, that you know how long the universe will be into the future. Do I, we know no, that? I, no, we do not.
1: Oh, okay. it could be. It literally okay. could be days. Uh, but in this circumstance in which it is days, then uh, we no one will notice when it happens. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And the last thought that I'll
0: have will be like, oh, Bismuth did have a half-life longer than the universe. Wow.
1: You will not have time to have that thought.
0: I'm a very fast thinker, Hank. <laughs> okay. I'm a quick wit. Thomas Pincho. Oh, things are a little loose here this week. It's our, it's our end of year spectacular. It is. So, I love it. You know, we're...
1: We're not we're not necessarily firing on all cylinders. I think I think it was I think it's been a win so far. This next question comes from Paige who asks, Hi. <laughs> it's dear Hank and John, Paige. No, that I like hi. That's the high. name of the podcast. <laughs> I like hi. I think hi is appropriate. <laughs> I saw an Instagram video of someone getting a pet moose. Mm-hmm. You don't know this, but petting a moose has always been one of my lifelong goals. No, I did not know that about you, Paige. You're right. I want to pet a moose. Sure. Anyways, now I'm currently crying because I understand that I probably will never pet a moose, but I want to. They're just so big and cute and I want to pet a moose. Mm. Question is, how do I make this happen? Turn to 394, Page. Why 394? I don't know. That's page. That's that's a secret just for Page. What's on page 394?
0: I don't know. If that's a question that we'll be answering in our hit new podcast semi-rhetorical <laughs> questions with Hank and John. <laughs>
1: the book I took down off the plate didn't have a page 394.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paige, I'm going to hazard a guess that you want to pet a moose because you've seen a lot of pictures of moose. Mm-hmm. Because my experience of being in the presence of moose yeah. is that you do not want to pet them. Mm,
1: yeah, I mean, I'd want to pet a moose if it was a good moose. If like, if, like somebody had, had made it a pettable moose, but like, one, I don't know if that's something that someone should do. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to support them in that endeavor. Right. And two, I don't know if I trust them because they're big. They're so big. Yeah. One of the only
0: times I've felt truly afraid. Yeah. In the purest, in its purest form was when dad and I were rafting on the No Attack River in northern Alaska when I was like 14 and we hadn't seen a person in 10 days
1: and then suddenly
0: oh a moose.
1: How do you, how have you done things like that? What person was it that did that? <laughs> I, I was just I, thinking I, about, I, about your. I, I hated it. I, I know dad, I know
0: dad is listening and I, lo- I loved the time with dad. Yeah. But I would have loved to spend
1: that time with dad. I mean, it was beautiful.
0: It was beautiful. You,
1: it was great. It was a great trip. Do you remember I was thinking about that Huck Finn thing that you did, where you like, with a bunch of other teens, lashed a bunch of logs together and floated down the Mississippi River with like an adult.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting telling of the story. That's not what happened.
1: Okay, that's how I have always imagined it. Ever since I was a kid and you were doing this and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe John's doing that.
0: In some ways it was worse. It was me and like a bunch of other 13 year olds who, who we did make the raft. And then we rafted down the French Broad River. Okay, well, I mean, which is a less intimidating river in a lot of ways than the Mississippi. It sounds
1: very similar to what I said so far.
0: But we weren't with one adult; we were with one 19 year nineteen-year-old.
1: <laughs> See, this is this is way worse than I said. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I, I what can I say? The nineteen-eighties were a different time. And you just ate anchovies. You came home and all you wanted to eat with an- was anchovies and bagels.
0: Yeah, I still like an anchovy. Actually,
1: bagels are also not bad.
0: Yeah. That's all I ate for like, for like eight days. And I lived out of a five gallon uh, bucket that I had all my stuff in. Yeah. And it was pretty good. It was a good life. And I, I had an awesome, awesome time, but I do look back on that and think like, wow, that, uh, that was, I was courting some danger that I didn't fully understand at the age of Yeah.
1: I mean, like our parents were like, yes, barely a teen. Yeah. Go off. And don't drown. See you in three weeks. I
0: mean, another way of thinking about it, Hank, is that when I went on that trip on the French Broad River, I was like 14 months away from going to boarding school and having essentially no adult supervision for three years.
1: I mean, those are different. This is just not at all my experience. It's very strange. If we were going to ask people, they would say that the... Weird rafting trip is a thing I did.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, we did have very different childhoods in a way. I think the experiences that people would associate with yeah. you would be the, like, experiences of adventure and and everything. And that actually was, like, closer to my uh-huh. my childhood. Like, you never really, like, went on crazy trips and, like, got jobs in random places over summers when you were in college or in your 20s. And I did that almost every year. Yeah, I mean, it was the same person. Like I had all, believe me, I brought all of my, I brought all of my problems to the Arctic. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was still me up there. That's the big problem with the geographical cure is that you bring yourself with you. Uh-huh. But yeah, that no, was weird. That was a good, anyway. The point is that if you are ever in the presence of a moose in the wilderness right. and it's a big bull moose, uh-huh. it, you're not going to want to pet it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if But if we're going to like be thinking about like, moose adventures. Like, if I'm just going to, like, imagine, I want to, like, ride through the sky on a moose. (laughs) Which reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by Riding
0: in the Sky on a Moose. Riding in the Sky on a Moose. It's Hank's dearest dream.
1: I mean, it's it's the only thing that will get me to say yippee. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is also brought to you by Thomas (laughs) Thomas Pincho <laughs> Thomas <laughs> Pincho You're saying it wrong
0: He's the author of such such hit books as Gravities rainbow uh today's podcast is also brought to you by surprisingly Surprisinglyedible.com. surprisinglyedible.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is excellent news <laughs> i gotta get that before the episode comes out it's definitely a real website where you can definitely buy real things oh it's available oh no
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean hank you've spent worse 12 dollars <laughs>
1: haven't we all and this podcast is also brought to you by john green's blog john green's blog is one entry long has four comments and 12 likes and it's a press release how did they find it and how disappointed were they when they found one blog post? it makes me think that i should maintain
0: my website if i have if i have four regular commenters i feel like i need to be on there more often yeah answering more of the difficult questions where are they coming from
1: this episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. i don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's z dot com DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com doc, 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 right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com.
0: Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, we need to answer a couple more questions, beginning with this one from Jazz, who writes, Dear John and Hank, what do you get a baby for Christmas? Okay. <laughs> it goes on to talk about how my husband and I had a baby this year. She's incredibly wonderful. Our families are all asking, what does she want for Christmas? Oh, yeah. She's a baby. I know the answer. Mm -hmm. You get a baby, Mm. a well-wrapped box that contains more paper that you can scrunch up and crunch up and tear and do whatever you want with. And that's what you get the baby. That's it.
1: But no, here's what you get a baby. You get a baby stuff for you. You get a baby, the things you need. Uh That's what you ask for. This baby needs like a new-
0: Six-pack of Miller
1: Lite. (laughs) Not what I was thinking, but okay, yeah, yeah, this baby, this
0: baby needs consumables because <laughs> this baby isn't looking to increase their overall number of things in their house. So, like, baby wants Miller Lite, baby wants bath bombs, baby wants bath bombs, <laughs> baby wants some of those, like, some of that, like, artisanal pink sea salt to sprinkle on top of uh, uh-huh. home cooked
1: meals. Baby wants some lavender oil for baby's baths, by which I mean, mommy, mommy needs some lavender yeah. baths,
0: baby needs some like vanilla scented candles, baby needs some chamomile tea. Chamomile. None. I'm not not engaging. Not engaging. (laughs) You're welcome, Jazz. We answered your question and we answered it brilliantly.
1: (laughs) Hank, do you want to answer one more question before we go to Mars and AFC Wimbledon? Yeah, sure. This question comes from Juliana, who asks, dear Hank and John, I hope this isn't a dumb question, but at the end of each podcast, you say your podcast is shared in Gibson. Where is Gibson? And why are you sharing it there? Aren't podcasts shared everywhere? Yeah. I'm not British, but Hank pronounce this with a british accent juliana <laughs> <It's> so
0: bad <laughs> i mean the funny thing is you are very familiar with someone named rosiana who has a british accent <laughs> and says her name in a british accent sometimes and and yet and yet i'm not saying i can do better by the way i'm just saying that therefore i don't try <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan Gibson Sheridan. is a human person. Yeah,
1: I just talk really
0: fast at the end. And the podcast is produced by Sheridan, Sheridan Gibson. Space Gibson.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just very, I feel very, and Rosiana. feel very bad for Sheridan right now. Yeah. Who, after all these years, people think that uh, she is just a place. Yeah. Just a locale yeah. that we Sheridan. in. No. Sher- Sheridan Gibson. <laughs> that's what it sounds like
0: it does and uh, now that, now that I've I've heard it I I, I definitely get it but yeah. yeah it's that that's it's a reference to a person uh-huh. not a reference to a place correct hank yes can I I I mean AFC Wimbledon as you know have been scoring too early this has been a, a problem all season long uh-huh. no team in the top four divisions of English soccer has have given away more points from losing or tying positions than Mm -hmm. AFC Wimbledon. That's how big of a problem it is. So AFC Wimbledon in the middle of the week played Sunderland, which is a huge team. They have, they're much, much bigger than we are in terms of like support and everything. Uh, But we managed to tie that game 1-1 as quite a good result, I thought. And then we had a home game against Crew Alexandra. And I know what you're thinking, Hank, who exactly? Uh huh. And... (laughs) (laughs) Crew Alexandra scored—no offense to all the Crew Alexandra fans out there, but but Crew scored in the 60th minute. It was 1-0, and I was so discouraged and so frustrated. And then, in the 90th minute—the games only last 90 minutes, Hank—in the 90th minute, in what I thought must have been a brilliant, brilliant strategy— AFC Wimbledon scored an equalizing goal via Ryan Longman, who has been great all season. This sounds great, and I was
1: what like, "What could go wrong?"
0: What could go wrong? There's only the like extra couple minutes they add on for injuries mm-hmm. and substitutions at the end. We, we 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 didn't even go a full minute before we gave up the losing goal. <sighs> the night we scored in the 90th minute, and we still scored too early. It is sh- shocking at this point. It is a It is a problem. At at some point, it stops being a coincidence and it becomes statistically significant Mm -hmm. that we cannot hold on to a lead or a tie for even 45 seconds. So now AFC Wimbledon are 15th in the League One table. And we're still six or seven points away from relegation. So like, it's not a emergency
1: It's it's, it's pretty close down at the bottom. It's pretty close down. It
0: is. It is. It's very crowded toward the the bottom of the table. And I don't, I I was feeling so good just a month ago. I mean, in terms of AFC Wimbledon season. (laughs) And now I am not feeling great And then there's the second level, of course, which is that with all the increased restrictions for the UK right now, it's not clear what's going to happen with the season in general. So yes, uh, hullabaloo, as per usual. What's the news from Mars?
1: Well, John, in news from Mars, it's it's interesting and exciting. Uh, So InSight is a spacecraft that's been on Mars for about two years, trying to learn more about the planet. And that's included uh, a seismometer to measure Marsquakes, which are earthquakes, but on Mars. And they can tell us about the interior of Mars. And this month, NASA announced some key findings from that data. So it you know it takes a little while for all this stuff to get processed and go through peer review and stuff. So here's some of the things we know. One, Mars has a lot of Mars quakes, but none of them are very strong. InSight has measured more than 480 Mars quakes since April of 2019. Hmm. None of them has been larger than 3.7 on the Richter scale, which is a little surprising to seismologists. Uh, but it could just be that we're watching Mars during a quiet seismological period, and maybe we'll catch some big ones later. Uh, the second result is that scientists think that Mars' Mars's wind is messing with some of their quake measurements. Oh. So the wind might be responsible for the fact that there have been very few quake measurements since June of this year. So like, the, somehow the wind is interfering with their ability to detect the Mars quakes. And third, uh, the quakes are weird. So we we expected that Mars quakes would have a type of wave called a surface wave, which travels over and along the crust. And these surface waves were gonna give us information about stuff going on as far down as 250 miles below the surface, but for some reason, None of these quakes have had surface waves. So maybe Mars has a crust that has lots of like fractures beneath in or maybe the quakes that have been detected are coming from much deeper in the planet. And so we're not getting those surface waves, which is a bit of a bummer because those surface waves maybe would tell us stuff about the surface of Mars that we're not getting data on. Mm. Uh, but we are, but it is interesting nonetheless that, uh, that, that it doesn't seem to have surface waves uh, because that tells us a lot about the, potentially a lot about the geology of Mars.
0: So whatever habitations are built on Mars, mm-hmm. it sounds like are going to have to be built to withstand some level of Mars quaking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, probably the, I mean, 3.7 is is enough that it's pro- very likely to not cause damage, any more damage than like the wind would, for example. Right. The wind would be a greater force in the structure than the quake. Right. I mean, it just
0: blows my mind to even think about seismic activity, which is so deeply associated with Earth for me that we literally call them earthquakes. It's hard for me to imagine that yeah. happening elsewhere. Yeah, it's, but of course
1: it does. It's just strange that there are planets out there being planets.
0: Thanks to everybody for listening. Especially thank you for listening through this most difficult and strange year. We hope that you're doing okay out there. We are looking forward to 2021 and hope that it will be an easier year for uh, many of you and many of us. Yes. This podcast runs on your questions. Please email us your questions and comments at Hank and john at gmail.com
1: this podcast is edited by joseph tuna menish it's produced by Rosiana hals rojas and sheridan gibson the communications <laughs> coordinator is julia bloom our editorial assistant is Deboki chakravarti the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast about the great Gonarola and as they say in our hometown don't forget to be, to be awesome, awesome.